That was a wonderful rendition, a prayer song. And we give God praise for His ever living presence in our life. He never goes, He never comes. We are there in His presence. Amen. That's the place to be in His presence. In His presence, there is no fear. In his presence, there is security. In his presence, there is assurance. In his presence, there is healing. In his presence, there is salvation. All good and pleasant things are in the presence of God. Amen. Today, the Lord has laid my heart to share with you a topic uh, called Contending for the Faith. Contending. For their faith. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. I ask, O oh Lord, that you speak through me to your children this morning unto edification in the name of Jesus. Amen. Come again, every spirit of distraction, O oh God. Father, as many as shall listen to this message, as many as shall watch it, Lord, may healing be their portion. May rejoicing be their portion in the name of Jesus. Father, where there is gloominess, let there be gladness and joy in the name of Jesus. Where there is hopelessness, Lord, let there be hope and faith in Christ Jesus. Thank you, faithful God. In Jesus' name, amen. Our main passage will be from Jude. Jude is one chapter, verse 3. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write to you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and to exhort you and that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Amen. Amen. Verse 4. For there are certain men crept in on our ways who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. The admonition to contend earnestly for the faith was given because there were people who were deviating from the faith that was handed down to the saints of God on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Ghost came down and the people were filled with power and anointing of the Spirit and they started to have fellowship and to serve God in unity and purpose. The faith that was then is what is being referred to now. For there be different kinds of faith or types of faith. Let me just enumerate them so that there be no confusion as to what faith we are to contend for. Number one, there is the saving faith. As many of us as are saved, we experience salvation based on faith. Ephesians chapter 2, 8 to 9 says, By grace are you saved through faith. It is not of words, lest any man should boast. It 
it is the grace of God. So the grace of God made available. But faith, our faith, what, what made it possible for us to be saved? Because you have the grace of God available, you have to exercise faith for you to claim God's promise. So our salvation is based on faith. That is called that one saving faith. There is also healing faith. The faith to receive healing from God because God is our healer. Amen? By the stripes of Jesus Christ, we were healed 2,000 years ago. It's our healer. God does not want us to be sick. But if anyone is sick, there is provision, there is balm in Gilead. You call upon him in faith and he answers us and he heals us. There's a provision in the church of God that when somebody is sick, that person does not need to keep quiet. But what you do, you send for the elders of the church. Tell them about the need so that they will pray for you. And when you confess your sins, you have sinned against God, and no, you shall be healed. Amen. Amen. That's God's provision. If anyone is sick, don't keep quiet. But send message to the elders. By elders, mean the pastor and the leaders in the church. So that they will pray for you. So we have healing faith. The prayer of faith saves the sick. So there is the saving faith, healing faith, and of course the faith that we exercise every day for all decisions. I call it living faith. Every day exercise of faith. Faith for daily needs. It takes faith for us to live. The just shall live by faith. Amen. Amen. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So that faith is of everyday concern, living faith. Then there is also the gift of faith. There is a particular gift that God gives to his own children called the gift of faith. We are not talking about any of these ones. The gift of faith. You find that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. But the last one is what I want to zero on. The body of Belief, the belief system of Christians, the cardinal doctrines and belief system of Christians is what I'm talking about. That was handed over on the day of Pentecost with the early church. But with time in church history, people have deviated from the faith. So there is need for us at this end time even as Jesus is coming back for us to go back to our first love and endlessly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Amen. Our cardinal beliefs, otherwise called the doctrine of Christ, the tenets of our faith, our belief system, among which we have that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It's a cardinal belief that man is a sinner. Man needs repentance. If you are here, you have not known God, what you need to do is to acknowledge that you are a sinner. Your heart tells you that you are a sinner. The word of God tells you that you are a sinner. God himself says you are a sinner. All you need to do is just to agree. But is there any hope? Yes. 
In Romans chapter 6, verse 23, it said, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is everlasting life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. That's the good news. That even though all have sinned, there is hope. And that in Christ Jesus, you can have salvation. Even now, if you are listening to me and you are not sure of your salvation, all you need to do is to acknowledge that you are a sinner. Now you are under judgment, but that there is hope for you. Now if you embrace Jesus Christ, embrace the Lordship of Jesus Christ, agree that Jesus Christ died for you, he was buried for you, he rose again for you, and he's coming back again for you, if you believe that with all your heart, by faith, then you shall be saved. One of our cardinal beliefs is God's love for us. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. If you have Jesus, you have eternal life. Amen. Amen. Yes. See, cardinal belief. Jesus died for us. Physically, he died. He was buried. And that three days, he rose again. And he went to heaven and is coming back again. It's a cardinal belief system that we must hold on to. Jesus rose again for our justification. If Christ did not resurrect, we don't have any gospel to preach. So it's very important that Christ rose again. And because he lives, we shall live also. Amen. In Acts chapter 4, verse 12, we are told that there is salvation in only one name. One name, not many names. Like we are made to believe today because people are deviated from the faith. They now preach a perverted version of the gospel. Say that, oh, you can make heaven through so many ways. Some say, oh, we are all children of God. Some people, they segregate and say, and say they are the children of God. Ah, we are all children of God. Who said that? That's man. The gospel says that you are given power to become a son of God when you believe in Christ Jesus. John chapter 1 verse 12. As many as received him, he gave them power, gave them rights, privilege to become children of God. Amen? Amen. It's only by the new birth you can become a child of God. Your brother, your sister, no matter how loving, how cherry he or she is to you, is not saved, is not born again, is not a child of God. Amen? Amen? So this one should drive the need for you to really tell your relations. If you assume that, oh, we are children of God, Bible doesn't say so. There is only one name, give you among men, whoever who can be saved. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. You can read it on your own. So without Jesus, no salvation. That's the cardinal gospel. Today, what do we hear Christians, some Christians say? It doesn't really matter. We are, you know, we are, we are one, we are one. More especially so, we are seeing the fulfillment of what the Bible says will happen at the end time. One world government, one world religion. One world religion is in the making. That is, 
all religion and there are thousands of them different kinds of religion name them all we come together under one umbrella see one world religion and christians will be required to team up with this system and some christians have already indicated interest and they have signed agreement with the one world government one world uh, church they want to bring peace but jesus christ the prince of peace any other kind of peace organized by man will be short-lived and it's not eternal it's not the real peace that jesus gives amen, amen. amen. if the world the world as it is is looking for peace there is no other way to the real peace apart from jesus christ a time is coming when the law will establish the millennial reign upon this earth there'll be universal peace no doubt about that people want to beat the gun they want to have their own kind of peace mechanized kind of peace by relying on an antichrist which will soon arise and or who will soon be named you know to lead them and give them peace there's peace in no other apart from the lord jesus christ real peace if you are talking about personal peace Christ gives it right now while you are here. In the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, you have the peace of God. He says, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives. The peace that God gives is eternal. It has nothing to do with circumstances. Oh, there is no crisis, so there is peace. I'm not talking about that kind of peace. That even in the midst of crisis, you will have peace. That's the kind of peace that Jesus gives. Amen. It's not common. But only Jesus can do that. Amen? Amen. One of the cardinal belief system in Christianity is that Jesus Christ is coming again. Some people say Jesus Christ has already come. Has already come. Past tense. But that is falsehood. They are deviated from the faith. Because Jesus Christ will surely come again. And we know his coming will be in two parts. First, in the translation wherein he will come for his sins, will be caught up to meet him in the air. That is not the second advent. That is not the second coming. The real second coming is when every eye shall see him. Amen. 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 What will happen is that the sins that have been raptured earlier, they will come with Jesus again to judge the Antichrist system. That's the second advent. That's when every eye will see him. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8 to 11, uh, verse 9 to 11, the, an angel told the people that what Jesus Christ go up to heaven. Say, This same Jesus shall in like manner return as you see him go up. Because they were hopeless. Oh, our Savior is gone. Oh, no more hope. Our Savior, the only Savior of the world. Lord, who healed us and delivered us and gave us food, no, it's gone, it's gone. Anyway, today, I will not leave you comfortless. That's why he promised the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit will come and dwell in us. And he's doing that now. God, God is a covenant-keeping God. He has fulfilled that promise. The Holy Spirit is in you if you are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Yes, so he dwells us. So the Holy Spirit comforts us and keeps us in through this evil and perverse generation so our adoption as children of god is by faith in christ jesus 
Acts chapter 16, verse 5, tells us about defeat. Defeat. Acts 16, verse 5. Please, yeah. And so, were the churches established in their faith and increased in number daily. Acts chapter 16, verse 5. So, the church were established in the faith. God wants to establish or reestablish us again in the faith today in Jesus' name. Because a lot of water have passed under the bridge, a lot of backsliding in the church, a lot of you know infiltration into the into the church, and the real doctrine has been eaten away. But God is a God of restoration. He's restoring to the church such as have been lost in the church system. Amen. Yes. In First Timothy chapter six, verse twelve, Apostle Paul said, "To fight the good fight of faith." There is a fight to fight, and there's a victory to be won. Fight the fight of faith. Hold on to God's unchanging hand. Hold on to His word that does not change. God doesn't change. He changes situation, but He remains unchangeable. Amen. That's why we can rely on Him. What He said that time is still true today. Jesus Christ is same yesterday, today, and forever. So there is the faith to fight for. There is the faith to keep and hold on until Jesus comes to take us home. 2 Timothy chapter 4, 7 to 8. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. I have fought a good fight. This Apostle Paul talking at the end of his life journey here. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Amen. He's talking about this cardinal belief of the church. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my cause. I have kept the faith. May God give us grace to keep the faith in the name of Jesus. Without drifting to the right or to the left. But to hold on to God's unchanging word. Amen. There is another scripture that tells us specifically that in the latter times there will be a turning away from the faith. People shall depart from the faith. We are talking about the faith today. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 1. Now the spirit speaketh expressly. That was in those days in time of the apostles. That in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Are we in the latter times? Yes, we are. <laughs> some people believe maybe it will still be tomorrow. We are already there. And people have deviated over time and are still deviating even up to this present time. There is need, therefore, for us to examine ourselves to see whether we are in the faith. 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5. You need to examine yourself or your belief system. Am I still in the faith? Examine yourself. 
Whether ye be in the faith, prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates. Second Corinthians 13, verse 5. So there's need to examine ourselves. There is also a prophecy way back in the book of Isaiah 5, verse 20, where it says that the days will come, weary people. We are going to read it. We're going to read Isaiah 5 20. Say, Woe to them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. That's Isaiah 5 verse 20. There are people who say that living a holy life is, is not the rating, it's lie. That there is not like holiness. They call sin form. Sin, S-I-N. They call it form. They give it, they give sin different names today, apart from what God calls it. Sin of fornication is called form. But that's not what God intended to say in the beginning. It's a sin that everybody should abhor, both young and old. Flee from this spirit of fornication flee from adultery free from every known sin anything that's not in line with god's word but today people because of their own individual rights they are so conscious about right right my right my right my right so they don't even want to yield themselves to obey god anymore because see it's what i like i i i i the I, I in you must die if you are to be consecrated to the Lord Jesus Christ. If you are to be broken, like Paul was broken in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Say, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. The life I live now, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and died for me. That's the level we should get to, to be in God's presence. Amen. We must be broken, have contrite heart all the time not some days in some days out amen so these are the days where sin is not called fun and christians commonly now have children out of wedlock it's commonplace have children out of wedlock commit abortion anytime they like killing unborn babies these are the days i say it's right my rights my rights these are the days they have deviated from the true gospel. Even marriage as it is today, as it's known today, is not what God handed over to us. Marriage is between man and woman. Today, we talk about homosexual marriage. It's not supposed to be so. These are deviations from the truth. So God wants us to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Christians, Christian hosts are threatened by divorce, just like unbelievers. They live, they live with themselves for a short time and they find they are no longer compatible with one another. Or I don't like his ways, I don't like her ways, then they can part. One of the first things that I made negative impressions, so to say, when I came in here. I just saw divorce being advertised. Divorce, $200. You had 200 days. You just break up. 
And I found that there are so many ulterior motives why people do that, especially the ladies. Why they go for divorce and all that for property? Yes. No, for love of money and whatever. Oh my God. These are perilous times. If you are a Christian, be a Christian. Amen. It is difficult to be a Christian these days. But if you are one, please remain one. Amen. Amen. If you have deviated, there's room. There's opportunity to go back to Calvary. Because God is ever married to the backslider. He will accept you back hundredfold. In the name of Jesus. Amen. In terms of doctrine, the Bible teaches that salvation is only through Christ Jesus. But today, people say it can be through many other ways. You are just being fanatical to say that Jesus Christ is the only way. But you see, that is the truth. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, 3 to 4, we are told that there will be a great falling away. People will depart from the faith. So these are the days. People have deviated and are still deviating even up to today. So we need to hold on to God's unchanging hands. There's something that happens to people who deviate from the faith and they don't want to repent. I want to read Romans chapter 1, 21 to 26. This is what happened to such people. They deviate from the faith. They don't want to repent. And they don't want to come back to the faith. This is what happens. Because that when they knew God, they glorify him not as God. Then they were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and in their foolish heart. And their foolish heart was darkened. Verse 22, please. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. 23. And changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like to con- corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creepy things. Please continue to 26. Verse 24. Verse 24, yeah. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the loss of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Verse 25. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worship and said the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Verse 26. For this cause God gave them up to vile affection. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. This is what happens to reprobate minds. People who know they have deviated from the truth, but they don't want to come back to God. Rather, they grow in, in, in more wickedness. Book of Daniel told that the wicked shall do wickedly, more wickedly. But they that do know their God, they shall be strong and do exploits. So some people are going to do more wickedly. They are inventing evil. While you are sleeping, they are planning evil. 
They are planning to kill, to destroy. And you know the work of Satan is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus Christ has come to give us life and life more abundantly. Think about any program, whether it be government program or whatever, any kind of system determined at killing human beings. That can't be of God. God does not even desire that wicked people be killed. Though I know some Christians pray, you know, for their enemies to die and all that. That's not scriptural. Yeah. So God wants all men to be saved. That is one reason Jesus Christ has delayed up to this time. Because there are some Christians who feel, oh, see the day of Paul, they have been saying, Jesus is coming, is coming, is coming, is coming. Is he really still coming again? Ah, we have waited too long. These coffers, that's what they are specializing in today. These coffers in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 3, there about. No talk about these coffers. We should not be discouraged by these coffers. Discover, say, oh, forget about Jesus coming. You know, it's a long time. He said, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. He's not coming again. That's what the scoffers will tell you. But Jesus Christ is coming again. Amen. He's only delaying because in the Matthew 25, we're told why the bridegroom tarried. Who tarried? Is it the church? The bridegroom, Jesus, he's the one that tarried. Are you going to ask him, why are you tarrying? Why are you delaying? Are you the one going to ask him? Anyway, in that passage, we are told the reason that God wants everybody who is ordained unto salvation to enter the ark of salvation before he calls it all over. Amen. Yes, there are some people who must be saved that are not yet saved today. And God wants them to be saved before he comes. That's the reason why. Amen. Yes, so of that day and our Lord no man. We don't know when he will come. But the best thing is for us to be prepared and get ready so that if Jesus Christ will come today, we will not be left behind in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The church is supposed to be the pillar and ground of truth. But today, is it so? A lot of contradictions in the church of God today. First Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. People have deviated from the original truth. They are, they are people who lie spirits. You know, evil spirits have been released from the pit of hell to come and join the forces of darkness to, per, to perpetuate evil at this end time. More evil spirits have been released. Praise God. But on the other side, God is going to raise up a standard too. Amen. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Lord God will raise up a standard. There will be a standard set up to to war and to overcome the forces of darkness. They that do know their God, they shall shall be strong and do exploits. So it's not only evil that will increase. There's a greater anointing that God has reserved for this end time. Yes. God has promised and say you should ask of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain. So that the Lord shall make bright clouds and give the showers of rain to everyone grass in the field. Zechariah chapter 10 verse 1. That's a promise we need to hold on to. The Lord, things, things are so different from what it used to be. A lot of deviation from the original pattern. Lord, 
Revive your work in the midst of the years. In wrath, remember mercy, O God. That's what we should pray for. So that the Lord will do the quick, short, and powerful work that will lead to a translation of the saints. Amen. We should not let the fear of pandemic becloud our hope of the translation. Jesus is coming soon. We should be talking so much about that. Because in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 18, it says, Comfort one another with these words. The Lord is coming soon. To be our comfort and hope at this time. Because if you look at the word, hopelessness, confusion. But look unto Jesus, you see hope. Amen. Amen. Yes, Jesus is life indeed. So to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground. For it's time to seek the Lord. He come to rain righteousness upon you. So everyone who has deviated from the original pattern, let us examine ourselves and go back to the faith. Amen. Break off all your evil habits. Clear your heart of wheat in order that the heart be prepared for the seed of righteousness. Just like a farmer clears the field of wheat before sowing seed in it, we are to put on Christ and purge ourselves of every leaven of unforgiveness, bitterness, and malice. Amen. That's what we need to do to prepare for this outbreak of the revival that God has promised us at this end time. Yes. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 3, we are told if we are expectant of Jesus coming, there's something else we need to do. Say, he that had this hope of Christ's soon return must purify himself even as he, Christ, is pure. Don't just leave everything to God and say, you know, God is the purifier. God is his Holy Spirit is the one who will do everything. You have a responsibility. Holy Spirit will not compel you to do anything that you don't want to do. He respects your free will. Holy Spirit respects your free will. So he will not compel you. So you must do this. No, no, no. There's nothing like that. In other words, there'll be nobody in hell who said, oh, the devil made me come here. There's nothing like that. Devil cannot compel you if you are not willing. God has created with that free will every one of us to say yes or no. So you have to decide and do what is right. So we need to purge ourselves, rely on the Holy Spirit to help us. Yes, if you are full of bitterness and envy and unforgiveness, you need to ask God to help you. If you find you are talkative, you talk too much, when you should be sober, you need to ask God to help you. Holy Spirit will help you. Because the book of James says, no man can tame the tongue. No man. There's no man. But no man doesn't mean that no spirit, Holy Spirit, will help you if you ask him to help you. Amen. Amen. Yes. You have to determine to live a godly life in the midst of a crooked nation. Philippians 2, verse 15. Like Elijah did. In Elijah's day, that man was faithful to God. And he made up his mind, come what may, I will never compromise the word of God. I will hold on to what God says 
I will speak only what God says and I will not backslide. I will not compromise my faith. I will not be like the first prophet whom I have even killed. He made up his mind. He set his heart like a flint to put his trust in the Lord. That's Elijah. No wonder he was taken up in a chariot of fire. So at this end time, we must have some kind of faith like Elijah. No wonder they talk about Elijah says. Elijah says they shall leave this earth without seeing death. But Elijah said they have to resemble Elijah in determination and consecration. In 1 Kings 19, verse 18, Elijah was determined that even the whole world as at that time forsook God, he was going to remain faithful to God, only himself. He had made up his mind, come what may. He said, everybody is doing this. Is he in line with the word of God? Is he in line? Is he in accordance with the word with, with the word of God? Should you compromise because everybody is doing it? Join the bandwagon to do evil? No. Elijah said, I only am the only one left. Nevertheless, God corrected him. He said, No, Elijah. I have seven thousand who have never bowed their feet for the God of Baal. In other words, you are not the only one. Praise the Lord. But this man was ready to go all the way. I said that God corrected him. That look, they are still have reserved the remnant. I still have some remnants. This is the time of remnants because majority of Christians are not ready to do what God wants them to do at this time. You have to be among the remnant. Those that truly believe and hold on to God's unchanging hand. Because of trials and persecution, some people, their faith will waver. They will backslide. They will turn away from the true gospel, from the faith. So there is need for us to make up our mind like Daniel, like Elijah, to hold on to God's unchanging hand. Come what may. Amen? Yes. So in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, we are expected to shine forth our Lies because we are the light of the world. Jesus Christ, the light of the world. So are we also the light of the world. Amen. As it was in days of Lot, so shall it be at the coming of the Son of Man. No, Lot was in Sodom, but Sodom was not in him. That's why God could save him. That's why God saved him. He saved him and uh, his wife. Though the wife turned back and all that. But God was determined to save him and his household. There was so much war done. There was so much sin in the land. And because of that, God wanted to distress Sodom and Gomorrah. But remember, Abraham prayed. And so Lord and his family, they were saved except for the wife. May we not turn back like lost wife in Jesus' name. Amen. God give us grace to hold on to his unchanging hand to the day of Christ. Yes, we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people. We are supposed to be peculiar. If we are like other people, then there's nothing peculiar about us. If you are like every other person, there's nothing peculiar about you. But God has ordained you be a royal priesthood, a holy people, a chosen generation, a peculiar people. Amen. That you should show forth faith. The praise of him who had called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. 
So we must not compromise with evil. There's so much evil in the land. There's so much darkness covering the earth. But they that do know their God, they shall be strong and do exploits. So the Lord is coming for those who remain faithful. The Lord despises few, always in the minority. Think about the time of Jesus. How many people believed? Many people received miracles, but at the very end, how many people waited for the promise of the Father? 120. You know, in the book of Acts, chapter 2, of all the multitude that he fed, received miracles, healing, deliverances, some were raised from the dead. Only 120. So, in time of Elijah, how many people? 7,000. And they were all that, thousands and thousands. They had compromised the faith. So it's always the minority. We are talking about Christian today. We are not in the majority at all. You should just know that. Uh-huh. So if you are in the, in, the, in the community and everybody seems to say one thing, you have to examine whether it's in line with the word of God. Because people, that's what everybody, everybody is doing. So you just have to know who you are. Amen? Amen. Yes. The Lord asked a question. In uh, Luke 18, verse 8, say when he comes again, whether we find faith on the earth. What a question. Why is he find faith? Because many people we have deviated from the real faith. No wonder we are admonished to contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. In James chapter 1, verse 27, say we should. Let's read it. James chapter 1, verse 27. It's an admonition for us, even as we wait for the coming of the Lord. Like a farmer is patient when he plants his field, is patient for the harvest. So we too should be patient for the coming of the Lord. And what we need to do, pure religion and defy before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Works of charity. Apart from just keeping yourself holy, you need to do works of charity. And don't let anybody deceive you about what Say what does not say, what does not say. I'm not talking about salvation now. You're already saved. You are a child of God. You have to bring forth good works, Amen. good fruits. Amen. Amen. Don't ever be confused about that. Works can never save anybody. Say some, oh, I want to be saved, so I'm trying to do good works. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do No, that can't save you. Faith in Christ Jesus saves you. After you are saved, you are expected to bring forth fruit. Right. Meat for repentance. Amen. 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 Should ourse- we should keep ourselves unstained by the word. Stain, staining. People are contaminating others today. Refuse to let the word to corrupt you. Amen. Keep yourself unspotted. And remember also that Jesus Christ is coming for a bride that is spotless. Amen? Yes. Sins are spots on your garment of salvation. Sins. And by faith, when you confess, when you repent, God forgives you and cleanses your garment. You are pure again once more. We need to do that continuously until Jesus comes. Amen? Yes. Consequence of not holding on to the faith. Number one, in this end time, such people will fall easy, very easy prey to the Antichrist system. Very easy prey to the Antichrist system. 
those who refuse to hold on to the faith because the Antichrist will come promising peace to a troubled world. They have to be, they have stressed to be chaos and lawlessness for to justify an Antichrist coming who will say, I want to bring peace. But the Bible says, by peace, he shall destroy many. When he shall say, peace, peace, peace. First Thessalonians 5, verse 3 tells us about that. And then Daniel chapter 8, verse 25. So when they shall come, say, peace, 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 peace. For when they shall say, they, one word government, one word religion, peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. That shall not be a portion in Jesus' name. We should not be deceived into the kind of peace they want to bring, organized kind of peace. It's like when God promised Abraham a seed, and then the wife risen. Maybe this is how God wants to do it, and they brought forth Ishmael. That wasn't God's perfect plan and will at all. You need to be patient for God. Amen. Amen. The peace of God is already in you if you are a Christian. But when you talk about global peace, you need to wait for the right time, because the right time for everything. God himself, Jesus Christ himself recognized that the God of this world, small letter G, is Satan. The God that controls the economy system of this world, everything, political system of this world, is Satan. But in the midst of all this, we are to shine as lights. That's the challenge. He has not said we have come to stay. We are pilgrims here. Right. Amen. Amen. Some Christians don't believe we are pilgrims. Oh, we have come to stay. We are, you see, we are the one to reign. We are going to reign with Christ. They've read that promise. But don't know that it's not yet time. Try to be God. We shall indeed reign with Christ. Amen. Yes, spiritually, yes, we can do that now, but not globally, not politically. But a time of political peace will come. That's during the millennium, after the great tribulation. Amen. So there's time for everything. While we are here now, we are just like pilgrims. We may say we should live to, seek to live a holy life in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. That's what that's the challenge before us. If anyone shall tell the mark of the beast, that shall give at the end time. That person shall be lost forever. So anybody who does not hold on to the real faith will fall an easy prey to the Antichrist system. And when they come with the mark of the beast, the person will also fall likewise. Let us therefore take heed now and contend for the faith so that we will be rapturable at Jesus' coming. Amen. Brethren, I want us to pray at this time. We need to fight the good fight of faith. Yes, a continuous fight. Put on the whole armor of God. Fight the good fight of faith. Build yourself up on your most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Jude verse 20. You don't know how to pray. You are being led to pray, but you don't know what to pray about. Ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit comes in. You pray in tongues. You can pray in tongues. As or end on your own. Romans 8, 26. Holy Spirit will help you to pray right. When you don't even know what to pray about. But there is a, a move, a welling of the Spirit for you to pray. Allow the Holy Spirit to take over. And you find that you are praying like God's way. And God can use you to pray and intercede for other people. Live every moment as if Jesus will return at any moment. Amen. Amen. 
overcome unbelief, false doctrine, and the great falling away by being expectant of Jesus' soon return. In Hebrews 9.28, we are told that Jesus Christ will reveal himself to those who are expectant, who are waiting for him, not those who don't care whether Jesus is even coming. Jesus is coming again. Amen? So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. This is our portion. Brethren, let us pray. At this time, let us remember our brothers and sisters and all that who are sick of this COVID-19, is your COVID-21, whatever it is called. You know, the Lord is our shield and our buckler. Father, in the name of Jesus, we stand in the gap today for our brothers and our sisters who are washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. The affliction of COVID-19 shall depart from them in the name of Jesus. I command their body to receive healing now in the name of Jesus. Because by the stripes of Jesus were healed 2,000 years ago. Thank you, Jesus, because you have done it. There is no distance, O Lord, Father, with you. This word has spoken is to bring forth healing, salvation to my hearers today. In the name of Jesus. If you are depressed because of fear of what is happening and what is yet to come, hide in Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ, there is safety. My Lord and my God, I commit everybody who is depressed, who is discouraged because of the problem that is overwhelming the world. Lord, it's a message I've been failing them for fear, but that's not our portion. Lord, you are our sheep, you are buckler. Lord, encourage us. Lord, strengthen us so that, oh Lord, we'll keep our garments spotless even until your coming in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for saving us. Thank you, Lord, for hearing us. And all those who are listening to me, you have not received Christ Jesus, bow down your head and ask Jesus to come into your heart. Jesus Christ remains the Savior of the whole world. Without him, no salvation. But with him, you can have forgiveness of sins and everlasting life. God answer your prayer and meet you at the point of your needs and keep you ready for his soon return in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. God bless your hearts.